Hello and welcome to Mania Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. We're doing something special today. It's a special report from Matt and Matt. So what we're eating today during this is Did spicy you say what we're eating to- Oh, <laughs> spicy steel pickle chips. Yeah, I stepped on it. Sorry. You did. That's okay. <laughs> we are eating spicy dill pickle chips. Yes, we are eating spicy dill pickle chips. So what we're going to do is go over actually laws or resolves that have been signed by the governor. They're in statute. They're in law now. And some are emergency, which means they are in effect right this darn second. They are, yeah. Like the very first one that we've got here. Which one is that, Matt? This one is, well, let's see how we do this. This is LD98. Mm-hmm. Which was a resolve regarding the legislative review of portions of Chapter 122, which was grant application and award procedure. Uh, lots of colons in this one. Fund for the efficient delivery of educational services, a major substantive rule of the Department of Education. It is in Chapter 8 of something. What is it? Chapter 8 of the something? It's main law. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> So, I did not bring my handy dandy law book today, so I can't I can't look at the titles. I apologize. That is that is okay. So it, it's not like I have a computer in front of me where I could look it up. So this is the part where it goes through all the amendment processes mm-hmm. and actually becomes law. And I like this one. The first one to start off. Our favorite things are some whereases. It's, it was a resolve that has gone through the committee, the House, the Senate, and has been signed by the governor. And there are five whereases. So. Do you want to go through what this one actually does? Sure. So the section one adoption are resolved is that here are the rules uh, if their changes are made. One, the rule must be amended in section five as follows. The scoring of the applicant's capacity in section four, subsection two, paragraphs A and B. Jesus. <laughs> will make up 20% of the total score. Uh, the scoring of the programmatic criteria will make up 50% of the total score. The scoring of the budget and budget criteria in section blah, blah, blah will make up 25% of the score. And the scoring of priority areas referred to in that section will make up 5% of the score. So they're just basically reallocating the scores of the grants of how they award, uh, approve and award grants. Yeah, uh, Representative Cornfield uh, presented this bill back in Back in the day. Back in the day. And said, quote, the uh, Fund for Efficient Delivery of Educational Services received an appropriation of $5 million in each year of of the 2018-19 biennium. Under the criteria set forth in this rule, the Department of Education awarded funds to applicants representing 81 SAUs and over 60,000 students. These projects included regional alternative education program, professional development service programs, etc. Based on experiences, the department is proposing an amendment to clarify its language for ease of interpretation by grant applicants, as well as to clarify the process by which awards will be evaluated and scored. So, make it easier. Basically, yeah. So this one make also, it easier for uh, for because you know not that you know not all of school districts went and applied for this stuff because many probably may didn't know about it, didn't know what it meant or whether they could even qualify. Very true. So. They just didn't even bother. So now this is a way for them to say, hey, there's money available to support you. Here, and we'll help you get, we'll help clarify to get through it. So this one, as we mentioned, was an emergency. So uh, the emergency clause says, in view of the emergency cited in the preamble, preamble, this legislation takes effect when approved. This one was approved March 25th by the governor and is law. It is law. So they're going to be simplifying the FedEx process. Can't go wrong with that. Like simplification. I like things simple. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, we are very simple. We are, we are very simple people. 
<laughs> the next one is or was LD283, another resolve regarding legislative review of portions of Chapter 132, learning results, parameters for essential instruction, a major substantive rule of the Department of Education. This is in Chapter 12 of apparently what Matt says is this thing that they call main law. Main, main law, yeah, that's one of the things. And, and I have uh, really one thing to say about this. Because this is the bill that the governor signed that brought uh, the next generation science standards as our science standards to Maine, and it's updated our social studies standards as well. Seems like a lot of work. That w- that that was a lot of work. It is going to be a lot of work, and it is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. However, it is going to be work worth doing. Absolutely, for once, it is very true. I've already been to a bunch of trainings about uh, both of these things. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're like. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to be so much better for our kids. The the yeah, my totally my, the, my my teachers, no, the teachers I work with who have uh, been doing this for several years now, as we we started on the next generation science standards when they were still in draft form, um, they just they they're, they they love them. They they seem to really it makes a lot more sense. So, so. that's good news for all of uh, Maine students. That one I actually agree. was approved on April nineteenth, and takes effect when approved. Yes, that, that, that's in, it's now. in law now. So schools have to get ready and districts have to get, get prepared for for their curriculum. Why did you look at me when you said that? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> no. Let's go to the next one. It's not like <laughs> curriculums in our, in our job oh, description. shoot. LD97, which uh, was a resolve regarding legislative review of portions of Chapter 38, Suicide Awareness and Prevention in Maine Public Schools, a major substantive rule of the DOE. This was in Chapter 14 of Maine Law. And they resolve that the final adoption of portions of Chapter 38, uh, which was a provisionally adopted rule, is now official only if the following changes are made. The rule must be amended in Section 4 that governors, governs protocols for suicide prevention and intervention by specifying the protocols must be based on best practices established and maintained by the National Alliance on Mental Illness or a similar organization through its suicide prevention program. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, they're 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 going to be. There's a bunch of bunch of slight amendments. There. Yeah, well, they're going to be creating protocols and procedures. The DOE, they meaning the DOE, yep. is going to be creating these rules and procedures, and then um, the product, then the then the local SAUs are going to have to certify to the Department of Education that the required protocols are in place. All sounds like good stuff. Which is why this gets signed by the governor on April 22nd. It got signed in. And that one is was an emergency, so that one is now law. It's it, it is as as Matt says, law. It's law in Maine law, even <laughs> apparently. Uh, so let's go to some of the actual bills. There have been actual bills the that actual have been passed acts. too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do this in some type of random order. <laughs> oh, we're going to do it in random order. Okay. <laughs> L, no, well, I, I don't know. LD ninety two, which is in chapter twenty seven in public law. It's an act to amend. Educator evaluation requirements. Yes, LD92. This is the one that changed uh, education require uh, teacher evaluation requirements from. um, And I want people to hear this carefully. Okay. Making student growth optional. That's a very it's a very key thing because there have been a lot of I've seen a lot of posts and heard a lot of conversations that Mm -hmm. oh it's we have to it's completely taken out. I think Forbes ran a story that we're we eliminated it. Well, no, it has not been eliminated. It has been made optional, and I'm going to get to another little wrinkle in a minute or so. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the other side of it is that the the evaluator, the the steering committees of the of the teacher evaluation committees have to be a majority uh, teachers appointed by their local collective bargaining unit. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that it did. See that second part there? Yep. Kind of makes sense. Why wasn't it that way before? It 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 it, it does make sense. Well, I, I I think there is one reason why it wasn't done that way before. Tell me. Um, because this whole chapter 180 was not just teacher evaluation. It was educator effectiveness, which mm-hmm. included administrators. And there are some districts out there that have in their chapter 180 PEPG plan, they just lump everyone together. Everyone does the same general plan. It's all together. Well, now we're going to have a majority of teachers overseeing the teacher evaluation side, but it's actually not, it's actually not that. It's the full PEPG plan. So does that mean that we want the teachers having the majority over the administrators? Or do you then, like, this is, this is what, what if you set it up in a way that you had, a, let's say, a committee of 20? 10 teachers? A. Why? <laughs> I a lot of people. Uh, but uh, go ahead. Okay. I know the math works. I know. 10, 10, on, 10 teachers, 10 administrators. When it comes to voting and deciding on the teacher stuff, one administrator recru- recuses herself and you have 10 to 9 majority when it comes to the administrator side you have one teacher recuse herself becomes 10 to 9 so that that's one way that people are gonna that might think about that i don't know but do we you know if it's fair for the teachers to have um the majority over the teacher evaluations is it then also equally as fair for the administrators to have the majority over the administrative and i think there's going to be some conversations that committees gonna have to get involved with in or are they going to keep them together or are they going to separate them so what's the wrinkle? The other wrinkle is if you're looking at the... There's um, more than one wrinkle? There, there's more than one wrinkle. It's an old law. There's lots of wrinkles. Um, <laughs> lots of wrinkles. Um, but uh, if you're looking at the law, one of the things that, it, that, we've t- that it's been talked about is the student growth piece. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this, this law was weird because it had parts of it that were... Um, there are two parts of it. They're enacted at different times. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the steering committee rules will go into effect sometime over the summer. Basically, when we come back for school year, they'll be into effect. Okay. They're not in effect right now over the summer. Okay. But many people have thought that the student growth component is also under the same umbrella that's going to go into place next year or is immediate. Um, however, under Section 8 effective date... In the current signed law, quote, the sections of this act that amend the statutes that talk about student growth um, take effect September 1st, 2021. So they don't actually take it. And those are the sections that talk about student, uh, making student growth optional. If so what that, that means is the student growth piece has to remain in teacher evaluation systems until September 1st, 2021. So they cannot be removed yet. And I've spoken with one of the folks up at DOE about this who's in charge of educator evaluations and effectiveness. And she says, yeah, that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that the student growth piece actually doesn't go into effect until for two years. Really, it's one, it's only after this school year. It's next school year. And it would be two years from this and September 1st. one after that one. Two years from September 1st. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time. It's a long time. So now, granted, that will give districts time to decide how to do that. But mm-hmm. honestly, that's not a it's not a that's not a uh, difficult decision. 
You wouldn't think so. Because here, here's here's my prediction. One, close to 100% of the school districts will eliminate the main education assessment portion being used because no one basically agrees that it should be part of the educator effectiveness system. And then another uh, another high percentage will also eliminate the student learning objectives portion. Mm-hmm. That's some some won't some will some won't some will some won't. Yeah, I agree. But two but but it's important for districts and and administrators and teachers and other folks to know the student growth optional piece goes into effect September first, twenty twenty one, not right now. Wrinkles. Wrinkles, lots of wrinkles. Lots and lots of wrinkles. Our next one is uh, one of my favorite ones because it's so little. But I'm actually having to pull out my law book here and trying to figure out what, what? this means. Which actually, I'm not even sure if I can find here because it's in a different, it's not even in this book, I don't think. So it's section it's... 29. I don't have 29 mm-hmm. in my book. What? I'm not looking this up. Mm-hmm. So this one, I'll get back to the microphone here anytime now. This one is LD350. It's an act to exempt school buses from snow tire restrictions. It's in Chapter 31 of Maine Law. Mm-hmm. So subsection 1 does not apply to fire department vehicles or school buses at all anymore when it used to be only during the month school is in regular session. Right. So exempting school buses from snow tire restrictions doesn't apply in the summer. Good job, Maine Legislature. Way to go. Next one. Uh, Snow tires. Well, now we get to uh, more summer month stuff. It's about sunscreen, which was LD441, an act to reduce childhood exposure to harmful ultraviolet radiation by allowing students to use sunscreen in schools. We had a lot of fun. I'm laughing about because I'm remembering back to our titles episode, and this is one that you singled out. Like, I, what is this? What is this? Sunscreen? So basically, and now it's law. <laughs> now it's law, which is good because yeah. before, apparently, which I did not know. <laughs> actually, I kind of know, and I think we talked about this before. And now you can bring sunscreen in and use it, and not have a note, and not have a note <laughs> or applied by a nurse. Right. And I, I, I remember thinking back to when my kids were in like grade school and stuff, and going on field trips, and I'm like, well, just bring the sunscreen with you if you're going to be outside they're like we can't the nurse has to have it and i'm like that's stupid do it anyway (laughs) again parenting 101 right there uh but now i'd be right so retroactively i'm right like post snap i was right all along so so basically what you're saying is that why bother following the rules so the rules are just going to change eventually over time to come around the way that i want things that maybe is why i have so many issues (laughs) So the next one, that is law, by the way, now. So LD247, the next one, which is an act to increase the amount of time school counselors and social workers spend providing students direct and indirect counseling. Right. I, this... I remember going to the work session for this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the, uh, the testimony. I was testimony. there for the testimony for this one. Uh, it was on uh, a day when something else was happening, too, and there was a lot of people who talked about this one. There, yeah, well, there was a lot of testimony. And this is the one that said... Uh, Counselors and social workers shall spend at least eighty percent of the of their time providing direct and ins- direct services to and indirect services on behalf of students. There was a lot of testimony against this one, from what I remember. Yes, especially in the small schools. Yes, saying we have 
only so much staff. So occasionally we do like bus duty and stuff and it, we fall to like maybe 75% or 70%. Does that mean that I have to take away some of those things to be helpful with my colleagues? Right. Well, and, and that I, everybody does. And they were really worried about it. And I, and I, I don't know. And I never got a clarification on the 80% of their time. Is that per day or is that annual? Because that could mean, you know, okay, so we, we in a school are in a situation where we have um, a lot of teachers absent and our sub pool is completely de- depleted. So we don't have anybody. So we need mm-hmm. people covering our classrooms. We need, we, we, by law, we have to have that. We have people, we're going to put them in there like a school counselor or a guidance counselor to do coverage for the day. I'm not saying that's ideal. I'm not saying that that even happens. But I think part of the argumentation against it was this now limits us from doing, from meeting those needs when those situations occur. I think my, my guess would be that they, they're they leaving the law open enough that you can, if you want to do it by day, by week, by month, as long as, long as you have a calculation that makes sense for you, then you are allowed to do some of those things that you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's going to cause some problems. You think? Yeah, it's kind of like when you say something like, well, for, we need to measure chronic absenteeism, but we're going to leave that up to the principal's discretion. So... I mean, there there couldn't be any possible problems that happen as a result of that, Essa. To me, this last law that we just talked about was the one that surprised me the most that it actually went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I just remembering... The, the testimony was like, ah, there's just too many issues with this as written. But then it went through as written, basically. So, yeah, And I, and I, and I have, have not seen any amendments, if there were any. But Let's go to the next one. Let's do it. This one's funner because we talked about this one a lot, too. It is funner. LD-375, which is an act to promote the forest products industry in school construction and renovation involving heating systems. Yeah. So what did they get to do for this one? Um, well... They had uh, they, they, in approving school construction projects, the state board shall ensure that the school administrative units have considered heating systems that use reno- re- renewable, locally sourced wood-based fuels and benefit the state's economy, reduce CO2 emissions in planning and design for new substantially renovated schools or school buildings subject to state board approval, as using the section substantially renovated has the same meaning, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I thought about it. That's considering it, right? Right. Well, good it, job, people. If if we remember the language from the original, it was demonstra- considered and demonstrated a preference. That's correct. This so, and out. and when we discussed this, that was the issue that we always had with it, which was the demonstrated a preference for. So now it's just, well, you've considered it, you've put it on the table as an option, which I think. From some of the testimony, if I remember correctly, was what they talked about anyway. That yeah, we this is something that is just like due diligence, right? We kind of do this anyway, but now it's a lot that you have to do that due diligence. Yeah, the demonstrated preference was that thing where if a school district wanted to build a building and say use geothermal heat, well now they have to dem- would have to would have to demonstrate a preference for wood if it was more feasible, economically sustainable, etc. But they want to go geothermal. Why can't they go geothermal? So they take that demonstrated preference out and just says, consider it. So way to go. This is a law that is going to have mean absolutely nothing. Really? We got a lot of those. I don't know. Next one is LD-167. This is causing some uproar. 
Uh, this is an act to prevent food shaming in Maine's public schools. Yeah, why is this causing uproar? That was always my question. Why is this co- why is this a thing? So this is why because I am hearing that yes, the idea of it obviously we don't want to food shame, you know, and segregate kids from being able to pay or being not, or if you're behind on your bill, you get a special stamp or a little tattoo on your arm or something. Or like I was re- reading a story recently, I think it was out in Ohio, where students, if you didn't pay your, your school debts, you got a sunflower and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. Right? Was so, it a real sunflower? <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of sunflower. My, my daughter doesn't like peanut butter, so we have a lot of sunflower, and mm-hmm. it's a lot better, and it's, Sorry. and it's not good. I don't like it. Um, give me the GIF anytime um, <laughs> with all that sugar and yeah. and, 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 and sweet spray. I don't like that organic, natural stuff where you got to swir- spin it around and get the oil mixed in. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to work for my peanut butter. That's give too me much the work. Sugar based peanut butter. That's too anytime. much work. Oh, Sounds yeah. like work. Sounds like work. <laughs> so, this one is going to be an issue uh, because uh, some of the debt collections, it says the department shall develop guidance for school administrative units relating to the collection of student meal debt including but not limited to best practices and information on how to create an online systems for the payment of debt. That's always good. Uh, again, you can't refuse a meal to a student as a form of, or as a part of a disciplinary action to undertake chores or work as a means of paying for one or more meals. I, I missed that part before. Yeah. Child labor, where have you been? Right. Uh, so you can't do all kind of dumb get, punishments. Get, you know, how is the kid responsible for their uh, for for their for the the food debt. That was the whole thing. That's the whole point of it. The kid's not responsible. It's a parental decision. It's a parental issue. We shouldn't be blaming the kids for the parents' decisions. For the parents, whatever, whatever they're going through. It, but I think some of the pushback comes from some of the testimony that we had before. Is like if we don't punish the kids, we'll never get paid. Yeah, that's the same argument here. Like, well, if if I don't have if I can't use a zero on a hundred point scale. Then I, you know, like they'll never do the work. Also, well, exactly the same thing. It's the exact same argument because that's what I'm hearing, and I'm like, so what? Let's figure out a better way, a better to yeah. get the money from them rather than punishing the kids where it's not their fault. Yeah, maybe we don't, pu- maybe we don't punish the kid when it's not their fault. Exactly. It's that uh, uh, just drives me crazy. Drives me crazy too. Drives me nuts. All right, we have a couple more. What are they? One is, I see on your list, one that says vaping. Yes. Chapter 61. Let me get my I'm favorite using... chapter. It's the Roger Maris chapter. <laughs> An act to prohibit the possession and use of electronic smoking devices on school grounds. So it says basically a person may not, in a person, a person. Which could mean a corporation. <laughs> a Thank you for the call back. May not engage in tobacco use in the buildings or on the grounds of any elementary or secondary school on a school bus or any school-sponsored event at any time. And it now includes um, smoking tobacco use is defined as a tobacco product. Uh, the, VB, the electronic smoking devices are now considered a tobacco product. Mm-hmm. Done. That's Done. it. So you can't no, vape. Don't so, have to worry about policies anymore. Right. It's I, now law. It's now law. And I've heard things where high schools were like, well, we didn't have a policy about uh, about vaping, about vape pens. Like, but do you have a tobacco use policy? Durr. But it's not really tobacco. Yeah, it is. It's just, it really is. It, it's liquid form. Yeah, that, it uh, smells uh, like cotton candy. 
Oh, and I hate that smell. Oh, it's disgusting. I can't stand it. Disgusting. Anyway, there's one. So that, that's law now. No more vaping on school grounds. Yeah, that's awesome. By any person. That includes... Corporations. Corporations. That includes adults. That includes people vo- coming to the school grounds. Again, they shouldn't be smoking on the school grounds anyway. It's against the rules. So you, you shouldn't be doing vaping either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they are. Take the, how do you like them apples? What's the last one? An act to establish regional school leadership academies. Ooh. LD 406, um, which says the department shall award grants to fund at the SAUs, municipalities, and counties, and groups of two or more such entities um, to fund the costs of implementing changes in governance, administrative structures, or policies, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they could do regional delivery. They could do innovative public zones and regional school leadership academies. And this was the one, if I remember correctly, was the one that focused on principals. Yes. Yeah, this was more of a, like a, or a, I think it was it was principals, but they also talked about, hey, can we also put in like teacher leaders yep. and like kind of forming a pathway to administrators, which I thought was a great discussion to have. Uh, I'm thinking, if I'm remembering back right, they modeled this one after the Bangor regional unit right now, which has a, a leadership capacity uh, section of it, if not the whole thing. I, I forget exactly what it was. But it was modeled on that, saying we need to have more of a pathway towards administrators to get them to know what it's really like, mm-hmm. rather than just saying, you know, I'd like to be more of a leader. I'd like to become an assistant principal or a principal. And then finding out it's like, holy moly, this is a totally different job than being a teacher. Yeah. So the definition was um, of a regional school leadership academy, a professional development consortium formed by a collaborative partnership, and I won't get into what all that means, that combines state and local programs and resources, including preparation, licensure, certification, professional development, and training for educational leadership into a coherent system that can significantly improve the recruitment and preparation of prospective candidates for school principalship and other school leadership positions, as well as the induction, mentoring, and retention of principals and school and, and school leaders during the first two years of employment in their school leadership positions. So there's going to be some inducting going on? There's inducting. What about any conducting? Uh, there, there, there could be some conducting, maybe some deducting. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> maybe some uh, uh, air conditioning ducting. Maybe <laughs> some heating and ducting. Some spicy dill pickle chips. Oh, to spicy dill get pickle you through chips. those two years of being inducted, deducted, conducted. And what's your function? <laughs> I heard something about air conditioning ducting. Yeah, there, I was so. trying to make a. I was trying to make a uh, an HVAC joke, and it didn't really didn't work out so well. That's why we workshop these things on pods. Yes, so. exactly. This is all draft. This isn't going out public, is it? (laughs) Actually, these are now all law. That's all law, folks. So those are the ones as of today, Monday, May thirteenth, that have been posted, and uh, laws have been made. Yep, there are there are of course other laws that are made that have been posted, but those are the ones that are education um, focused, like which means we don't care about the other ones. We don't. We don't. They're just laws for some other podcast. We do not care about an act regarding the sale of cats and dogs with health problems. Although I'm sure it's fascinating. Or laws covering Beano. Is that Beano the game or Beano the game? <laughs> or or Beano the thing you buy in a store? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> With that, I'm I'm pretty sure we're done. Well, I think we need to look into the laws amending Beano now. We we have to let our our, our constituents know that. Yeah. Um, 
Here's nope, I, it is the game. It, it, it is, in fact, it is in fact the game. Not, not. <laughs> if you're buying Beano at the store, you will not need it. Not if you've been eating spicy deal pickle chips, you do not need Beano afterwards. No, you do not. They are all natural-ish. Yes. <laughs> and awesome. They're fantastic. So anyway, you can follow us along on Twitter at Main Ed Matters and on Facebook at Main Education Matters. Uh, we have our spreadsheet that details all of the bills that have been enacted by our governor or that have gone through the Senate and House and committee pathways. Follow us along there. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we've missed um, that we can talk about. Email us because we've had that happen a couple times this mm-hmm. session Absolutely. where people have said, hey, can you can you tell me more about this? We're going to continue follow, following a bunch of things, both on labor and labor laws in here. But then while you're out there, also do give us a rate and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. And we will be continuing until this whole session is done, which means approximately the next 27 years. Yeah, we don't know. That never ends. Never ends. Like immunization testimony. I think these sessions are going to run into each other. That would be hilarious. I hope there's like a session 1A and a 1B. It just keeps on going <laughs> the whole summer right into the fall. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> session 2 starts. That'll learn them. That will learn them. That's for sure. Uh, Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.